3: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
4: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order
1: and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.
4: So I've like lost all muscle definition. I don't know if you've noticed. Why would I comment on that? No, because I, I set you up to comment on it, but I wanted, I wanted to be I cl- say anything? No, 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 but I just wanted to be clear. I was like, unless I was misleading, I have always had cankles. And part of the thing that like helps my cankles not look so cankily you would you think I look like I've really sturdy ankles. I don't. That's what pisses me off the most. Like I'm fine with cankles if like they represent it like a sturdy ankle. They don't because I have like no calf definition now. Like
5: it's fully the same size. I'm like, I need to start doing some calf raises. Look at that. Hmm, interesting. You know what else I noticed? So I remember one time I came to your home. I pulled out some socks and they had little creepers on, grippers on the bottom. Oh, did I steal these from you? No, no, no. But you made fun of me and said, why I did. would you wear those? Why do you have them? And I said, because I don't have slippers here. So they put a little grips on the bottom. And then today you show up. And what do you have on, Megan? I have grippy socks on. And I have grippy socks on because I keep grippy
4: socks on to wear when we have open houses. But we haven't had anywhere they've made us take our shoes off. And I now have this new fear because my equilibrium has been off since Mm -hmm. COVID. I now have this fear of slipping and falling, mostly in the bathroom and getting a traumatic brain injury. And so now I'm team grippy sock because like Hmm. I'm afraid of falling. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, well. You were right. I should have never shamed you. (laughs) I always, instead of saying eat shit, I always accidentally say people who've eaten ass. <laughs> and no matter what, I always, like, yeah, people have fucking just like come to my house and eat ass. And I'm like, no, no, they eat shit, they fall.
5: I don't know why. Uh, okay. I have a fear that I'll be on my exercise bike. And then my knee will lock up and then I will fall and break my knee or leg and then be clipped in. I can't move. That is my fear. Have you ever fallen in a spin class? No. I have. Did you fall or was it your childhood doppelganger? Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. It is. uh, What was that movie called? I Feel Pretty. I Feel Pretty. It is remarkable how
4: like I even think even if I didn't get the nose job, it is a little wild how like if you showed me a picture of, like, me as a baby, I would say, yeah, she grew up to be Amy Schumer. Like, her child looks, looks like a, exactly like me. Schumer. Like, it's super <laughs> fucking
5: weird. It's so funny, though. But some people do tell me I still look like her. You have the eyes. Yeah. And, yeah, they're similar. We, we have similar features.
4: Yeah. Um. Oh, I was like, the most humbling experience of my life was I fell off of a Pilates reformer. Hmm. Am I surprised? No. no. It happens to everyone at some point. Like, here's the thing. you Either it's like you're one of your first classes and you fall off because like your body doesn't know how to do it. Or you go when you're too tired or you're hungover. The worst.
5: That's when you see how I hungover on my bike. I used to have a chiropractor that had like Pilates there yeah. and then also like regular massages that you could get while you're there. And it was all covered by insurance. So it cost nice. like $5 to get wow. a massage and go to Pilates essentially. But I never fell off okay and i just wanted to share that it's fine i guess we should start the
4: episode that is the episode hello <laughs> welcome to another episode of don't blame me we are your hosts megan rinks and melissa Diamond Woohoo! we give advice life-changing life-altering amazing wonderful beautiful advice from two people who have never done anything wrong in their entire lives it's a burden being so
5: perfect. It's so hard being the chosen ones. It is. Similar to Harry Potter. and 2s
4: instead
5: of the golden trio. We are the devilish duo.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail month, 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at MeganPodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Got to keep it under three minutes or you'd be cut off. Write down everything you want to say. Practice it. Time it out. And then read what you write when you're recording your voicemail or your voice memo. Let us know your pronouns. And you have to be 18 or over or have your parents' permission. And if you want to watch the video version of this podcast, we're on Patreon slash if you just want to support the show. We do live streams there twice a month and we have a lot of fun and it helps us keep doing the show.
5: Keep it moving, baby.
4: Keep it moving, bitch. And you can watch our reactions, which are, are a great fun time. I like my face. Yeah. Yeah. Like your face your face face. Yeah, it depends on the day. No, you do. Thank, thank you. Your pimple's gone. No, it's covered up, but thank you. But it's not like bumpy. It's, it's not. Yeah, it was. It was really standing out on your You have no idea. Do you ever have it where sometimes you have like a zit that you've popped? that's like it usually happens on like I find like really close towards like the end or like the more pointy parts of like my chin or like your nose or something. So where like you're looking at it and it looks like it's ready to pop because of like shadows and mm-hmm. highlights. So I thought it was ready to pop and it like didn't. And so then I basically just made a blood blister. And then like two days or like the next day, it was like ready to pop. And then I finally like was like, you're just going to pop it. And I went for it. But I sometimes just forget that like when my skin is like doing well, and my, and my I mean the skin on my face, the skin on my legs aren't, is not doing well. Um, there's always going to be one part of my body that is struggling with it, but when I'm dealing with like really bad dryness, my dryness and like contact dermatitis can turn into eczema really fast. Mm -hmm. And so then I will then be like, oh, I should put some like Aquaphor Vaseline on this because like it's turning into eczema. But then I'm like, oh no, you overshot. It's not eczema yet. And so your skin didn't need this. And now we're clogging your pores. and You're going to get a zit. I have to like walk this very fine line of like having like sensitive and acne prone skin that like can't get congested versus like like eczema mm-hmm. slash chemical burn, which I like need those things. Mm-hmm. And Completely so I
5: understand. I just fucked up. Yeah. I have extremely dry. Pat- you know, my face is always peeling. Yeah. For some reason, and I have extremely dry patches on my cheeks. I've tried a lot of different oils and all of it breaks my skin yeah. off. So I can't off, not off, out. So I can't use any it's of brutal. it. And it's just like, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. That's like <laughs> basically <laughs> what I've discovered. I'm yeah. like, Okay. I'm going to have one or the other. Yeah. I've chose to just live with the dryness. Me too. That's
4: like exactly what I've (laughs) chosen to do as well.
5: And it's
4: just, I'm just going to have to deal. Yeah. Well. Jesus. Any updates? I'm still not engaged. That's my update. We're going to get nails done today. We are. So I'm getting prepared to get engaged. I hope you all have like listened to that episode of the podcast of the, uh, but am I wrong podcast? The other podcast we started. Mm -hmm. It's quite funny. And we're enjoying doing that. What else is new? We've been looking for houses I have still. so
5: much inside information.
4: I know. I don't want to know. I know. Okay. I'm just
5: glad that one of the engagements. That I, I was know. I saw is on over. Instagram and I was like, she must be so happy I'm she so doesn't happy. have to deal with that anymore. Yes. And I almost spilled it on this podcast. Well, I did spill it on this yeah, podcast, but then, we- but then they had it yeah. edited out but she did listen to it so she would have heard it oh
4: my god wow <laughs> good fucking call yeah. well if either if you're listening congratulations yes so what's
5: do with you um i went to the chiropractor last week and first i found out that my wrists are weird okay like both my wrists my bones there's like four bones And so he just did one because this wrist has been hurting for some reason that Mm -hmm. I can't figure out because it's not my dominant hand, but it's been hurting for months. Mm -hmm. And so he did an x-ray of it and he's like, I've never seen anything like this. Your bones here don't line up how your bones are supposed to line up. And then he was like, let me do a scan on the other wrist to see if it's like this is an anomaly. Both of my wrists are like that. So... Weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's super weird. Yeah, we can't find out what's wrong with that. I need to go to some other doctor for Yeah, that. But he adjusted me and the amount that I didn't realize how my neck was not turning fully in either direction. <laughs> it was astonishing. Like the movement I have now, it even lengthened my neck. Oh, yeah. So I'm just, I just feel like a new person. I'm so happy for you. I did feel like I had a taste
4: of your struggle yesterday because the night before last, I was doing my hair. Mm -hmm. And in order to get some volume in my hair, I got to really move it around. Mm -hmm. And so I put on Taylor Swift and I was like, literally being like, how does she do her hair flip things? And I was just like, flipping made a whole TikTok about like, how do you do it? Like, it's so hard. Someone commented, like, I was waiting for you to like smack your head against like the counter or like throw your neck out. And I was like, haha, I woke up yesterday morning. And I was like, I am so stiff. Like still right now, it's like not good. And Mots was like, oh, did you sleep wrong? And I was like, no, I was um headbanging to Taylor Swift and whipping my hair. And he was looking at me he and he's like, you're a fully grown woman. And I was like, and? So I can imagine, like I only had a taste. Yeah. And it
5: was not fun. Mm-hmm. Pre-pandemic, I was a regular at the Cairo. I hadn't gone because of the pandemic, but now I have to, you know, add it back into my things because mm-hmm. my body just feels different i've lost also lost a lot of muscle definition yeah. too because i hadn't been working out but uh, okay well um <laughs> should we give some advice yeah oh just so that you guys know we're not going to do an update we're probably going to take like a saturday or something because Yeah, because a lot of people do have updates but they're working when we, which record. is valid it's very valid so, we record on a tuesday yeah, and so in the middle of the day
4: yeah so it's we want to make sure that we can like actually talk to people, you know, mm-hmm. and like get the good
5: updates. And so it's
4: not just people who like. Yeah.
5: We don't want to have to work your like your work day around it. Yeah. So look out. We will probably have a Saturday coming up where we're gonna mm-hmm. do a bunch of updates. And if you if you can do an update during the week on a Tuesday around two p.m. Pacific, actually anytime on a Tuesday, we'll figure yeah. out the schedule. Shoot us a message. That's our regular time.
4: It is our regular time. Okay, well, that being said, let's uh, give some advice. Ready? Yes, sure. Be. Hi, Megan
6: and Melissa. I'm a 23 she, her, and I'm seeking advice on how to deal with a friend breakup. That was my fault. The other person I will be referring to in this situation is 22 and goes by she, her pronouns, and I will be referring to them as Emma. Emma and I have had bouts when we were best friends and then bouts when we weren't, but I would describe us as always being friends, if not close friends, for the past 15 years or so. After we graduated high school, we became inseparable. We were spending every week together, were in constant communication, and I'd grown so close that we even referred to each other as soulmates. However, there was a miscommunication a couple of years ago that put a dent into our friendship. In short, Emma became very upset with me for prioritizing a friend of knees and spending time with them a day that she assumed, though did not ask, that we would spend together. Her emotions over the situation brought up her feelings toward me as a whole and caused her to write out a list of everything she hated about me and send it to me. To her defense, we were fairly young and each trying to manage our own mental health, but she did berate me and then expected me to jump right back into our friendship without any accountability on her part. After some time, we did end up mending our friendship, though I will admit that the words she used have stuck with me and continue to negatively affect my mental health and relationships years later. Still, in the past year or so, we have both made efforts to reconcile fully and have become very close again. Once again, we have begun spending time together and communicating constantly, and our relationship felt that I had progressed very naturally into a safe and stable adult friendship. However, recently she announced her bridal party and I wasn't on it. It's embarrassing to admit that I was very upset over this, as it proved to me that I prioritized our friendship differently than she did. I took a day to reflect and even reached out to her, but she never acknowledged my comments. We continued speaking fairly normally for a few weeks, but I felt as if I had been publicly reduced to nobody to her, but privately was expected to act as a secondary lap dog. I only intended to take a few days to process my feelings about all of this, but days became a few weeks and a couple of months, so I basically ghosted her. I'm feeling very guilty, and what I really want is to speak to her about everything and give and get a full explanation, but I'm worried that that's too much to hope for or ask for as I assume the silence on her end is insinuating that she wants nothing to do with me. I truly do have so much love for her. And ideally,
4: I want her to be in my life. So what it really is, is she wants an explanation. And feeling guilty about ghosting. Oh, this is hard. I think that like, I mean, I definitely relate to this. I've said so many times, Sydney and I had like, we've had two fights in our life. One time in seventh grade, and one time we were like 20, uh, 20 and we were, wrote,
5: then you wrote a very mean letter No, no, to, she wrote a very oh, mean letter,
4: letter to me. And then she called me and read it to me. <laughs> and I just cry. And she has said, like, without even prompting. Someone was talking about, like, the worst thing you've ever done in your life. It was, like, a group of other people. And then he goes, oh, it's probably time that I wrote that letter to Megan. And I was like, oh, my God, you still think about that? She was like, yeah, it was the meanest thing I ever you've did. you said
5: that on the show.
4: No, I know. But I was going to say, so, like, I, I relate to that aspect of it. And, like, similar to you being on the other side of it, I hold no ill will or harbor any feelings towards that like it's just one of those things that like at that age like you seem like you understand it too that it's like we're still understanding how to like communicate with our friends like as adults and like but we're not fully adults yet but like we're being treated as adults but like our brains aren't fully developed and like we're gonna inevitably hurt people and like it was just a poor choice of communication not necessarily a character flaw Mm -hmm. but i understand that like the words it seemed like those kind of stuck With you, and it did
5: so hard to shake hurtful words.
4: Yeah, I would guess that because you didn't, they they really stuck with you, and it didn't shake. Like that friendship, you didn't pick up where it left off. Like you kind, you're starting from a different place versus like reconciling to kind of get back to where you were versus like that's not happening. Like at this point, what you have been doing over this time of like getting closer again. It's not getting back to how you were before that happened. It's getting back to a new normal and a new relationship. And I think that the morning of not being asked in her bridal party is like, it feels like she has not been prioritizing you in the same way. Is this the only indicator that you feel like that? You know what I mean? Because like that to me, I'm like, I don't think that your closeness with somebody in those relationships, like if that whole drop, like that whole shit hadn't happened, I'm sure you would have been like in a bridal party, but your relationship has changed so much. Yeah. And like, it's not indicative of how your friendship was, but like how the friendship is now. And like, I don't know. I also think like, if you had like a really big, like falling out, having that person, like that kind of hurt that you have from like that, regardless of whoever was at fault, but like mourning the loss of a friend for a time, I think that it would be really hard to like ask that person to come do something that's like really major and big because if you said no or something else like happened like that, it's like a a very big rejection. But at the same time, I think that's like how you're feeling by not being asked. I would have been annoyed if I was the friend because like the wedding, it's so not about you. And I think that like the nice thing to do if you were expecting it and she knew that you were expecting it, for the friend to reach out and be like, Hey, I just want to let you know that like obviously I'm really glad we're Getting closer again, but like, I want you to come to like definitely come to the wedding. But like, I am going to keep the bridal party people who have been in my life for the last like five plus years and have like really been around. And like, I don't want that to be an indicator, you to feel like an indicator of our like where our friendship is going. I just feel like we're still in the early stages of getting close again. And like, that's like what I'm choosing to do. But she didn't. And I also don't think that that's not necessarily like her fault unless you felt like really misled. But the one thing that she did say that she's like, I feel like I'm. Like a lap dog in private, but like that public. It's like, what's that?
5: Yeah, that's what stuck out to me too. I went th- through this thing when I was younger, and I had friends, and I thought that we were a lot closer than they thought. And during those times, I. I would like be the kind of person where I would like listen to their problems a lot, mm-hmm. you know, have phone conversations or they'd come over and hang out. But then in public, we weren't as like at school, we weren't as close as friends because we might it might have been like a neighbor that it felt closer at home and then at school because we weren't in the same classes, they didn't feel the same type of way. And then also because I moved around a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. I don't really have childhood friends and you know, this is before social media and stuff had AOL, but (laughs) I realized that they would be closer to other people because they had known them longer. Yeah. And for me, it was just, I just didn't understand friendships at that point. But then as I grew older, I realized, you know, there's just different levels to friendships. And I've had a best friend that we fell out over something. And like, this was like my like, number one best friend went to them for everything. Like people, like we were inseparable people would like call us like, where's your better half? Like Mm -hmm. that's probably like how close you and Sydney are. And then we had a huge falling out. She got really upset about it, but it was because of things that she done. She didn't understand why I was upset about Mm -hmm. it. And then like, she still wanted our relationship to continue in the same way that it had been. And that just wasn't how I felt about the situation. And sometimes like, from different perspectives, you think because you've been through certain things, then you still deserve the same level of friendship that you had before. And because of how it affected you personally, mm-hmm. the friendship can't continue in the same type of way. And so I feel like that friend that I talked to, that I just mentioned, I feel like like if I were to get married, she would still expect to be a bridesmaid mm. in my wedding. Yeah. And that's not how I would feel. Yeah.
4: Well, I think it's also hard because like in this, in most of these cases and this also each of you are taking issue with actions and reactions of Mm -hmm. the other person. So like nobody is entirely at fault. And like in every instance, both people are kind of hurt. Mm -hmm. And like, I also think that like, if you took this moment as like her not having you be a bridesmaid as like an indicator of this means we're not close anymore. I think that there just needed to be way more communication in there because it doesn't seem like she was like, oh, I'm cutting you off by not having you be a bridesmaid maybe that is like what it was and like that was like a n- non-way but you said you've still talked to each other yeah about like, it but like i think if the level of friendship is resting on the fact that if you don't get asked to be a bridesmaid it blows up that's not the bridesmaid issue is not the issue mm-hmm. like i don't think you guys have communicated your way through it i think it's kind of probably felt a little bit uncomfortable and time sometimes when like enough time has passed it feels like oh water under the bridge but like, it's clearly not like both of you still like have like feelings towards this and like haven't unpacked it. And I've just kind of thought time has healed the wounds. Mm-hmm. And this has just brought up these wounds all over again. Right. You know? Right. And I just think it sucks because like about this specifically, your feelings are totally valid, but like it is really hard in the context of someone else's wedding to have opinions and like really like strong feelings about it in sense that like now this wedding and like the bridal party is now about your friendship with her not her wedding yeah you know i would assume it's probably turning her off why she didn't respond about that and then you basically have ghosted her since then and not wanted to talk but you want like an explanation if you felt like being a bridesmaid in this wedding would fix things or change things like what explanation do you want like if you're Mm -hmm. looking for one like what is it that would make you feel okay about it. Right. You know, I think this is kind of just like those, those friendships after a certain period of time that you assume are just going to go back to the way that they were. Mm -hmm. And to me, it just sounds like both of you feel like the other one's in the wrong and the other one hurt you. And so neither of you are meeting each other halfway. You're kind of waiting for the other person to like do the apologizing and like make the grand gestures to like fix the friendship. But both of you probably think you're equally right. Yeah you know but this sucks i would definitely understand like the feeling of being like heartbroken about like that bridal party aspect especially if you're still like going to the wedding Mm -hmm. because you're like mourning a friendship that you don't have anymore yeah
5: because that friend i'd still invite her to my wedding but i wouldn't want her being in my unless things i mean i'm not even dating anybody but But that's like what i think could change and friendship could change but at this point right now i wouldn't
4: and i also think that like you it's not, like, a sign of death, like, a seal. Like, I guess if you feel really, like, disrespected over it and, like, you want the relationship to be done. But, like, there are plenty of people who, like, don't even talk to their bridesmaids, like, years after the wedding. They're not mm-hmm. friends anymore. And they're incredibly close people who, like, weren't bridesmaids, like, in their wedding. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that, like, yes, like, all or nothing mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know? Maybe and she, she got married, like, five years later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it was more healing had been done between the two of you. But maybe you just felt, like, too soon. Right. Or... Maybe she truly like you are her best friend in private. And like, then in public, she's like, fuck off. Mm -hmm. And like, then she's completely in the wrong. Yeah. Well, I hope that helps. Yeah. I uh, hope that if you feel ready, if you want to still go to the wedding, you go. But if you don't push yourself, if you don't want to go. Yeah. Anytime it's like, you'll regret not going. No, I always regret going. I always regret going. If I don't want, if I don't want to go and I make myself go, I wish I wasn't there. I never regret staying home. Effer. should we go on to the next? I'm Alyssa and Megan. First off,
6: love this podcast. It's one of the only ones my ADHD brain can actually focus on. But anyways, I wanted to ask her his advice on this topic. My roommate and her boyfriend have been together for around a year and a half, but the last six to seven months have been an absolute shit show to say the least. He's a through and through narcissist who has issues and has just been dragging my roommate along. My roommate is so incredibly nice, the kind that you actually don't believe is that nice and think they're like fake. And then you actually realize like holy shit, she's just an actual saint, which is why it's so hard to see her go through this. He keeps blaming all of this on his mental state and him not doing well mentally. We are graduating college in a couple months, so I get it. We all have shit going on too, but Uh, Whenever she brings up suggestions on him getting help, like therapy and other stuff, he literally gets offended. So um, you would think that if he's going through a tough time, he'd lean on her, a.k.a. the person who loves him the most. But instead, he's partying and drinking a ton and not prioritizing her whatsoever because he doesn't even invite her out either. She finally grew some balls and broke up with him like three days ago, but now it's starting to say that she doesn't really know if this is what she wants or not. But my roommate and I keep reminding her it's not going to be a walk in the park. And they both have stuff to work on, aka him, before they can even think about getting back together. And they definitely have not had enough time, as they have already seen each other, like, twice, to talk and apparently get off their chest everything off their chest, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. She literally hasn't even had a full week to process any of her emotions because he doesn't give her any space to do so. And I don't think she's really giving it to herself either i never want to involve myself as deeply into my friends relationships as I don't think it's my place, but I live with her and she is constantly asking for my opinion and her other roommates as well. I would appreciate any advice on this just because it's literally like taking an emotional toll on me at this point and as on my other roommate as
5: well. Thank you. This sucks. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's beyond sucks.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think that like the ending part of you saying this is taking an emotional toll on you and your other roommate, like that needs to be the top part. Like you need to address that first because the way that you talk about her, first of all, I like want you to be in love with her. Like it's just like, you just like, she's so nice. She doesn't seem like a real person. I'm not like, you know, trying to romanticize that, but I'm just saying that like the way that you speak about her, it's clear that you like love her so much and she's like such a great person. And that's why it's like so hard to watch this kind of go on. And it seems like you guys are beyond roommates. You're like really good friends too. Mm-hmm. So like you have the double layer of like, I fucking hate my roommates on again, off again, boyfriend or whatever. And I can't cut myself out of the situation because like I fucking live there. And also I hate my, one of my best friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, you hate one of your best friends, boyfriends. Like you have this like double whammy of emotional support and then also just physical proximity to this situation that like it is really hard The best advice that I can give for things like this when like a friend is going through something like a relationship and you are on the outside desperately wanting them to see it, don't talk first. Let her speak first, hear what she's saying and then take a read on the situation, not just every day, but like every conversation of how much effort am I going or how much am I going to put into this based on how much that she what does she want to hear right now? And what is she going to be able to receive? Because there's nothing worse than like going off on like a 45 minute pep talk kind of thing. And it's like, she's just like, that's not where she's at. And you're wasting your breath
5: and your emotional labor. What do you mean by that? Like... You mean like, just like never bring up the boyfriend and then... If and when she brings it up first, just like be there
4: of being like, yeah, let me listen. And like the questions asking, having no opinions to them. And it's like, oh, it's so like, what do you think? So the biggest thing is always like, well, what do you think that you want to do? Like, how are you feeling right now? Like, where where's your head at? And not having it be like, what are you thinking about? It has been really sucky that he's been doing this, 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 and this. And just kind of leaving it open-ended, but also... I think if she's not bringing it up, I think you totally should bring it up. And just in the sense of being like, hey, just wanted to like check in on you, see how like things are going. We haven't talked about like the relationship in a while. Like, do you want to talk about it? And just kind of like leaving that there and bringing it up in that instance. So it's like a, hey, you can come to me kind of thing. But you also then can get a read on the situation before you mm-hmm. put all of that emotional labor into it because it is totally taxing because like I think that you're yeah, you're able to see that they haven't had all of that that much space and haven't had and like that's easy for any of us on the outside to kind of see. But what is going to be the most like prolific to her is nothing this I don't mean this in a bad way. There's nothing you're going to say to her in these moments that she's go- it's gonna it's going to click and it's going to be a light bulb moment that light bulb moment she's going to have is going to be her own thought process. Mm. And it, you can plant the seed, sure, but it's not in the way of like, wow, I like it just really sucks that he won't go to therapy. It, like It's not that instigating that. It's the whole, she's already coming to like the, I don't even know if I want to get back together. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And when we have like second guesses about our decisions that we're making, it's because we're like, well, did I make the right choice? And if you or your other roommate, if your voices are too loud, even if it is the choice that is the right choice and the choice that she wants to make, if there are other voices saying the exact same thing as her, she's going to cloud that. And it's going to feel like those are those voices. And she wasn't necessarily, it wasn't just like really her. So like, think of it in the way that like, you know, when you kind of have a conversation with like, someone who needs to think something is their own idea, you know, but like in a way more subtle way and having those talks, I've found that like friends that I've had who've like gone through those kinds of things when I have just like listened and similar how a therapist does and, like let you kind of work it out on your own and talking about it that sticks with you much more than me telling you something about someone who there's all the arguments against my thought process of them because like I'm not dating him I haven't seen him in private do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff so you can't really make those excuses when you're coming to those realizations for yourself because like if those thoughts cross your mind organically it's because like, oh, there are no exceptions. Like I do know him in private. I do know this aspect of our relationship and like, this is what I'm thinking about. So as long as that's open there and then for the no space thing, I think just like, again, not addressing that specifically because most of these things are not like brand new information to these, to people who are going through it, but just being like, Hey, like, I like, let's go do this, this next weekend. Like, I want to go do this. Like, let's do this. Like plan something with your other roommate with her. like plan stuff with her like so you can have that time and space that's not just like you all hanging out in the apartment maybe it's like going on a drive or going to go get coffee or doing those things that kind of show like hey in the words of taylor swift except we're changing out one word hey kids like being single is fun like showing that aspect of it because there's only so much you can say about like your boyfriend sucks your boyfriend sucks your boyfriend sucks It's hard to like leave a relationship when that's when you've known for like X amount of time. So I think it can be more beneficial to be like, look how great it is. Like when we're hanging out and we're like all single girls and we're having fun. Like this is, there are other, like there's going to be good after it.
5: Yeah. I've had friends that have been in relationships with guys that I didn't like, didn't trust, who were bad for them, who just weren't who they needed to be with. And the first friend that I had, I would tell them how much I hated them and um, the first friend I had in this type of situation, I would tell them how much the friend hated them or how much I hated the boyfriend and they didn't hear it at all and Mm -hmm. it just drove a wedge in our relationship and also made it so that when she needed help, we weren't as close. Yeah, And so if you are there just to be like a sounding board, let her drive the conversations as megan said then you can always be there you know what's going on behind doors as well yeah and so i completely agree with everything you said
4: yeah it's hard yeah it's really hard but you do have to prioritize your own um emotional capacity because even if like you're not a bad person even if like with everything i've said that like even just listening you get that emotional burnout Mm -hmm. like you need to tap out like Mm -hmm. And there's like nothing wrong with that. I'm not for saying anything bad about someone's partner unless they have been broken up for consecutively, like
5: a year. Unless they've been broken up consecutively or I fear for their safety.
4: Yeah, exactly. Like, But like, I'm not, you might get back together and like, I don't want what I said in those moments to Mm -hmm. prevent you from coming to me again
5: especially now that like now a lot of my friends have husbands that and they'll talk bad to me about their husbands and I will not say anything back because it is their husband yeah <laughs> and also no one talks about like oh
0: my
4: god it was so sweet mm-hmm. we did blah blah blah
5: but it is hard you you complain about the bad yeah. things but most of the time not in this situation no, 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 but no. most of the time the good outweigh the bad yeah it's just they're venting and they yeah. need somebody to vent to yeah Let's take a break.
4: Woo. OK, we will be back after our break.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, bot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers.
1: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
4: Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, So we are back from our break and we're getting to the rest of the calls. Hi, Megan and Melissa. So 25 year old Libra, I'm going to try to not cry during this call, but I
6: recently started going to therapy and I'm just like a more sensitive person now. But anyways, so this is about my dad basically growing up. Like I had a very strained relationship with him where, you know, like I know that he loves me and wants what's best for me, but the way that he parented me kind of cemented this idea that I was never good enough. And I know he did it because to him, he knew that I had a lot of potential and could do better. So he would push me. But the way that it came off was like, I just could never do anything right. And, you know, there's a lot more to that. But essentially, once I became an adult, I had zero intention of like having a relationship with my dad or anything, um, just because like consistently, he would do things that kind of made me feel like a bad daughter, a bad sister, a bad person in general. But this is a whole other thing essentially stuff happened where i could not cut him out without like fearing for his his life honestly and so now he's in therapy he is seeking the help that like he needs and so he's like in that stage where i think he's taking accountability for what he's done to me and so i got a letter from him where he was apologizing for a lot of like specific events that have happened in our past and just like in general how he treated me and i can feel my voice shaking i'm about to cry but I'm feeling conflicted in that I don't really want to forgive him. And I know that I don't have to, but there's a lot of guilt that comes with it because like, I know my sisters have a better relationship with him and they have a lot more like empathy towards his own mental health issues. But at the same time, like the way that he handled things towards me is not okay, regardless of whether or not he was like suffering from like depression or whatever else. And so how do I go about like, forgiving my dad but also not wanting a relationship with him do you think it's even worth like trying to mend a relationship with him i don't know i just hate how he's making me feel like a bad person for not wanting to forgive him when he's the one who treated me badly for like 25 years of my life honestly so yeah thanks for your advice i love the podcast love the new podcast as well
4: even though there's only one episode out but yeah thank you I want to give you like a socially distant hug.
5: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, this is hard. Like you said, you don't owe him an apology. And I guess my question is, is he pressuring you to forgive him? Because I feel like if he's going through the steps in therapy and he has a good therapist and the therapist would tell him that he shouldn't expect you to accept his apology. Yeah. It's more so for him.
4: Yeah. I wonder, I mean, it is really hard regardless if it's coming from him or not. Like there's so much judgment with nuclear family, like cutting out members of nuclear families and all of that. Like, and especially having sisters where it's like, well, aren't you going to feel like you only have so much time with your parents? Like you only like, or like life is short, like all of those kinds of pressures or also like, you know, could just be that he has instilled that in you for 25 years that like, you know what I mean? Like those, mm-hmm. like how he speak, you know, the, you know, the, ind- the implications or any of that, but I agree. I think if like any of that has come from him specifically, and that's an issue in itself because he's, he's wanting for forgiveness for something that he's actively doing. Mm-hmm. There is an in-between of all of this. Uh, you don't have to have a relationship with him at the moment and you don't have to forgive him. You don't have to decide if you're going to forgive him right now. You don't have to forgive him right now. You don't have to, right don't have to be like, I'm working towards forgiving him. That doesn't even have to be on your mind. He is your father. That in itself is a relationship. You can decide how much of an active and practicing relationship you have with him. And as much as like people try and act like cutting someone out, it doesn't get rid of that relationship that you had with them previously. And if you are still processing and working through that relationship of the last 25 years, I think it's a lot to ask of you to work through that trauma of that relationship with a therapist and then actively have a relationship with that same person in a different font right now. Mm-hmm. That's like a that's a lot to ask of somebody I and feel like
5: 25 years of trauma could take yeah. you 25 years to heal from. If that's what you Without a doubt. That's what you're working towards. Like you healing has nothing to do with you forgiving him. So I would say like, do what you need to do to heal. Mm -hmm. If that's forgiveness, great. If it's not, that's also great. But, and you say you're in therapy too. So figure out with your therapist what you need from this situation.
4: Yeah. I also think that like, I'm very much on the same side of, uh, regardless of what he was going through, it doesn't excuse any of his behavior that he had towards you. But I do think that apology letters in that kind of thing, I understand that they tend to happen with like step programs and in therapy and all of that. But most of the time, those letters are something that you are supposed to write and not send. And I understand that it is an apology, but unless like, He reached out to your sisters to kind of clear with them and say, do you think this would be okay for me to send it? It can be a traumatic thing to receive that and like something that you didn't weren't prepared for necessarily. You didn't necessarily want that. And it can be kind of a selfish thing that then feels like, well, this letter doesn't absolve you from everything that you did. And now you have forcefully put the ball in my court of our relationship because this has seen this now seems like a grand gesture of a magic eraser that has erased all of the things and that hasn't happened. And that's like a very hard thing to do. I don't know what the situation is. And it seems like your dad is in like treatment and getting help. I'm not sure if there's like a set amount of time that you have like with him longer. This whole argument of like, well, you don't know how long someone's gonna be around and like this is like a parent or whatever. A parent alive or not in the picture, that trauma doesn't go away. Like Mm -hmm. that does not go away at all. And it's something that you deal with Now, then, like before, after, like it's always gonna kind of constantly be there. And so I think taking it day by day and you don't have to make like decisions. If one day you feel like you would want to have a conversation with him, then go for it and do that. But like, there is no like promise with any action or statement or anything that you say that it's like, oh, I'm gonna forgive you. And that means I absolve you from everything that you've done. And that's not it. It's like, maybe I will have a conversation on the phone with you, but that doesn't mean I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And if his only goal is to get forgiveness from you and not like take whatever you are willing to give, and that might be absolutely nothing for a couple of years, then to me, that's not someone who should be trusted as someone who has been a very traumatizing figure in your life to be brought, invited back into your life. Right? It's very hard. And taking accountability in writing and saying it and acknowledging all of that kind of stuff unless it happens in practice, that's a very hard thing to believe. And also you can have no desire to want to see it happen in practice. Like Mm -hmm. some people can do things that are not forgiving and you can't forgive. I also think if your, your sisters have a better relationship with him. And so I know, I think it's also, sometimes you just have to mourn the relationship you never had with someone. And that doesn't mean you're not going to get that relationship again. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get fixed. It's not going to turn into that one. And so like recognizing that if your sisters are trying to pressure you, it's like, well, I'm never going to have that relationship
5: with him. It's too late for that. You could also take that letter that he wrote you with specific things. There might be one or two things that you could forgive him with on that. You don't have to forgive him for everything.
4: He can be an acquaintance in your life. He can Mm be like, the relationship doesn't have to be that of father-daughter. And if that's something that he really wants in that figure and all of that, he has not earned that right. role. And he has to earn that back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're not a bad person at all for needing to prioritize
7: yourself. Right.
4: Be selfish. Be selfish.
7: Hey, Megan and Melissa. So I'm going to jump right into this because I'm like, I am to out. and this is all very new and current for me. So I am a 23, pretty much 24 year old female uses she, her pronouns, and the guy that I'm talking about is 27 and uses he, him pronouns. So I just met this guy, right? And I, like, started dating him literally three days ago. So not, like, a relationship. I use them differently. But, yeah, nothing serious. And I've hooked up a couple times, and it's been, like, really great. He's a really great guy. He's really nice. We have a lot of similar hobbies. So I like him as a person, but the weird thing happened yesterday where he, I were like texting and he called me and he was like, Hey, so I want to talk to you about something. I was like, okay. And he started talking about like how he's concerned with the smell of my vagina. Cause like he went down on me and he ate me out and everything. And he was like, yeah, it was really fun. And I really liked your vagina, but it like smells kind of weird. And, like, the smell has, like, lingered on my fingers. And I was like, one, wash your fucking hands. Like, that's fine. But, two, I've lived with my vagina for 24 years now. And it's always smelled like this. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. And vaginas don't smell great, you know? Like, they smell like vaginas. But, I don't know. Like, was that just a weird, like, bad, offhanded thing to say? Or am I being too sensitive? Like, again, we've only known each other for three days. And he's already talking about, like, how he likes me so much. And he doesn't usually like people as much as he likes me. And I don't want to be, like, that girl that's, like, oh, my God, no, I'm different. Like, I'm special. I know I'm not fucking special. Like, I'm just I'm, I'm just a human, you know? Like, I have my flaws. I'm not that special. I haven't, like, proposed to him, you know? And he's already, like, telling me, or no, telling his parents about me. like. I don't know. Is this like love bombing? I don't really know what to do. Okay. Any help
5: would be great. Thanks guys. Bye. He's not a good guy. Why why would you preface this with, with Tane? He's such a good guy. We have so much in common, but then everything you said after that was all bad. And you know, it's bad. You acknowledge that it's bad. There's so many red flags here. He's love bombing you, but he's also trying to manipulate you to make it seem like, hey, I love your vagina. Sex is good. But like you need to smell if his fingers are still smelling the next day. That's a him problem. That man has an unwashed ass. Yes. He has never, ever,
4: ever washed. No, he's trying to make you like this is classic love bombing. And like, I don't want to say that, like, you should do love bombing. Well, like, no, it's all horrible. But like, He's doing a really bad job he's, of it. Like he, he's love bombing you, but then trying to knock you. But down that's the a point. Peg. That's yeah. the point of love bombing. But like he's just like not timing it well, nor is he being subtle mm-hmm. at all. And like he's not doing the slow burn. Like he's yeah. just like coming in a hot. So like, he's trying to make you insecure about this, and to to get you to seek his validation and seek his approval to like put him on a pedestal higher than you. So you're trying to impress him. Like he is love bombing you, but. This is just like, so like, this is like a ghosting situation. Like you just like, stop responding to his text messages, like stop responding to everything. And I promise you after like three hours of you not responding, he's going to call you 27 times. And then he's going to be like, leaving you voicemails and like, what are you doing? Like what's happening? And then he's gonna get progressively more and more angry. And you're going to like, see like him go, like go through the stages of what he would be like in a relationship. Dude, like, this is not. Yeah,
5: and you're not going to because you're not going to progress this far. Get the fuck away from this dude.
4: What the fuck? There's a special place in, like, Idaho or hell or whatever you want to call it. Did ever see my... Okay, I have a TikTok that's, like, a joke. My reference, my niche audience. No one's seen it except me. But men, specifically, like, men with penises, everyone short in general, but, like, cis straight men with penises who fucking comment, on the smell and odor of vaginas, those are not only unwashed ass, but like you're a fucking idiot. Tell me you are inexperienced and you are trying to, instead of owning up to the fact that you aren't that experienced and like being okay with that, you
5: are trying to weaponize
4: and like make my own body disgusting to me because you don't have experience with bodies.
5: The thing is, he lied because he said, I love your vagina, but I'm concerned about the smell and my fingers still smell it's not even like that's no but that's what i'm saying like if you are gonna make derogatory
4: comments about someone's vagina all that that tells me is not only are you an asshole but i'm like he's trying to speak of it's like you know i love your vagina i like love going down on you this like sexual confident thing but like your vagina like the smell blah 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 like not only is that cruel but i'm like you have no experience like that's what vagina smell like you have no fucking experience screw him move on literally
5: (laughs) run run okay All right, you know what it's time for. Don't blame them. Let's play it. Hi,
0: Maggie and Melissa. I'm calling in for Don't Blame Them for the most recent episode where the person's roommate had a golden retriever and wasn't taking care of it and was neglecting it and they felt responsible for taking care of the dog. And I thought the advice you guys gave was good, but um, I have been in a situation similar to this, where my friend's roommate was not taking care of a dog and would just leave it in a kennel for so many hours and would go out of town and just leave it in a kennel. And I ended up researching no-kill shelters in my area. And so if you have any of those in your area, you can call them and ask their advice on it. Or if your local Humane Society is a no-kill shelter, you can call the animal law enforcement and they will actually come and do a wellness check on the dog. And obviously if it's been in the room forever and your roommate isn't there, and all of your roommates can attest to that. Then they will likely take the dog and put it in the shelter and no kill shelter will keep the dog until it gets adopted and golden retrievers will get adopted really fast. So that's what I would do because I don't have the time to handhold someone. And I fucking hate when, college students and young people get dogs that they can't take care of it's so frustrating like college students can barely take care of themselves so the idea that you can just get a dog for hdq and like fit your aesthetic just i absolutely hate it so if you have any of those resources that would be awesome but yeah good luck i hope you're able to figure something out great call
5: Good
4: advice. I was really afraid it was going to be like, just take the roommate's dogs and bring them to the shelter without them knowing. Yeah. I was like, Oh, well, a lot of you had lots of opinions on that. Mm-hmm. It seems like very similar consensus. And yeah, that is our episode. If you want to go leave a review on the podcast app, we would highly appreciate it. Go get in there before Rachel can leave a, her bi-weekly negative review about us being too political and <laughs> being vaccinated and having a bad aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. And what happened to them being all about love and positivity? That was never us. Never, never. never. You're, you're, you're incorrect here. Go follow us on Instagram uh, by Megan and Melissa. We have our other podcast, but Am I Wrong? Comes out on Thursdays. Go check it out. It is brand new. We have a lot of fun doing that. It is like, if you don't take our advice, that is what you end up on. go listen. I'm pitching it better than that. And then go follow us on our own individual socials. Follow the Instagram. And uh, yeah, call in for an upcoming episode. All the information you need is in the show notes. Can you tell that we really have to go because we're running late to go get our nails done? Yep. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.